What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Ben Horton. He and I are longtime friends. Uh, I used to show his work at a gallery that I did some curating for back in uh, the mid-2000s. Uh, he called in. We talked coincidences, East County, war culture, time wasters, keeping it real, the paint of painting, drones, body language, bonobos, art shows, and gray wolves. Make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the podcast link, you'll get all the information about each artist. You can click on the iTunes link over there, which will take you to the iTunes uh, website. might just open up your iTunes right away, which it does for some people too. Subscribe to the show, you can do that there. Uh, you can donate to the show if you're interested in helping out make the show better. Uh, you want to throw a couple dimes in, nickel, dime, whatever, you could do that. Uh, I'm happy to have Freakware.com, F-R-E-K-W-A-R-E.com as the sponsor for this episode. I'm stoked that they've been supporting the show over the last uh, few episodes, so it's super awesome. Again, like last week I was wearing my red Freakware.com shirt and I'm wearing it again today. Super comfy. I, I'm, it's the one with the crows on it. With the it comes in red. I've been feeling red shirts lately. Like it looks a little bolsterous, but it's it's kind of like a nice like muted red, like kind of like a has a darker shade to it. It's not like bright red. But I've been enjoying wearing red shirts. I, I wear the higher primate red shirt. It's super awesome too. And this one reminds me of it kind of like same type of shirts are nice. Um, so check them out, freakware.com. You've heard me talk about their ethics, who they're interested in, uh, you know, the people. And it's funny, me and Ben talk about uh, talk about people who keep it real and, like, are who they are no matter what the, you know, maybe societal consequences. Uh, and not in terms of hurting somebody, but being somebody who stands up against oppression or stands up for injustice or just if if it seems like society's on a wrong path, sometimes it takes one person to, to set it on a new path. So those are the type of people who who run Freakwear, and those are the, the people they're they're interested in getting their clothes to. So check them out, Freakwear.com. It's F-R-E-K-W-A-R-E, like being aware, and it's the hardy. So check them out. I'm super stoked to have them on board with the show. Um, and make sure you follow me at Live Free Podcast. Go to Twitter, follow that. The Live Free Podcast Facebook like page, fan page, whatever you want to call it, has been, um, has been moving quite along, moving along quite well. Uh, I'm trying to post more stuff over there. I'm posting whenever past artists who have been on the show have shows coming up, I'm posting stuff over there. So go over there and like the Facebook page. You can find all those links on the blog. You know, there's always a blog for each episode as well. Go to MikeMaxwellArt.com and click on all the stuff over there. You can click on my store and buy some original art for me or some prints or whatever. It's always rotating new stuff going in there and sometimes old stuff popping in there as well. So check all that out. Um, I think that's good. You can follow me, Mike Maxwell Art, all that shit. Uh, Instagrams, the Facebooks, the whole nine. I think that's it. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, with all that said, without further ado, Mr. Ben Horton. Mm-hmm. 
Alright, let's give Ben a call. Ben Horton. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Um, can you hold on one second? Sorry. I can, yeah. Alright, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Can you hear me alright? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Alright, awesome. So, um, man, it's been forever since we've ran into one another or talked on even, you know. We, we were seeing each other randomly throughout uh, San Diego art scenes for a while, but it's been a long time, yeah? I'm good, I think. I'm surviving, so by, I guess I can't ask for much more. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's funny. I, Crystal and I were just listening to an episode of This American Life uh, podcast, and they, oh, yeah. they did an episode about coincidences and had all their listeners like submit strange coincidences that happened. And, you know, they're like, really interesting stories. But I think the last time that you and I saw one another was randomly at the um, the Portland airport, and yeah. it was super strange. I think we saw you, uh, me and Crystal were out there for an art show at, um, I did an art show at Upper Playground, and we saw you and your wife in line in security, and I didn't even realize it, it was total coincidence. But I had, as going through security, I started taking my jacket off because it was cold in Portland or whatever. And I was wearing a t-shirt that you had drawn. And not only that, but it was the the person who the portrait was of was the person that you guys were actually visiting in Portland, right? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that now, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Super coincidental. Um, yeah, with what? the missing tooth. Uh, what's that? She had a missing tooth in the drawing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, on my wife from when she was younger, teenager years. So I, I was trying to think of, I was trying to think of when we first met, and uh, I know I was I was curating for the Voice Eleven Fifty Six Gallery in like two thousand five, but I. I was thinking, we I was discussing this this morning, and I think we saw your work at District 3 Gallery, maybe before okay. before you, before we met, but, um, and that, right, did you show there? Do you remember that spot in San Diego? I, I do. Um. Yeah, yeah, I had, I think it was a group, it was a, I was in a group show there or something. Yeah, I think that might have been the first time I, I saw your stuff. Um, and I don't know that that gallery had a really short history. Um, I don't know if it was the show that that your stuff was in or not, but they had like uh, a bunch of gangsters came in and like beat up the gallery owner and like stole a painting off the wall. Yeah, it was, in, was it in Golden Hill area? Yeah. Yes, I do remember that. They um, it wasn't Yeah, I know. I know Tim. Crazy. Tim got bust, uh, bottle busted over his head, and uh, I, it was Joshua Krause's 
space too. He was uh, he's been a guest on the podcast in the past as well. Yeah. And now he's a badass jujitsu player. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, uh, both he and I uh, I started training jujitsu two years ago. And uh, I think he was right close around the same time. I think maybe a little bit later. So let's let's talk about you instead of all my shit. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I was kind of enjoying that. <laughs> I know, right? I just had to rant on, on a bunch of shit for no reason. Um, the I know that after we met, uh, like I said, I started showing your work at the Voice Eleven Fifty Six Gallery when I was curating there, and I know um, I think it was in February of. 2005 I started showing your stuff um what what sort of led you into an an art path um was there anything in your childhood that sort of set you on that sort of pathway to to be creating things um probably I mean I remember drawing a lot as a child I think that I mean all my friends did too I think it's just pretty normal you know like everybody pretty much draws I think when they're a little kid yeah um, and so I I mean that's my like earliest uh memories I guess of, of drawing and really liking it um I think that what happened was is that I kept doing it and I think maybe one of the main reasons is is that um my father was really into drawing when I was young I remember him drawing cars a lot um, mm-hmm. he, he liked the wasn't the internet to look at them, so you just had to draw them yourself. some connection between like the surf school surf skate culture of southern california did you grow up in southern california yeah actually uh, in the, in you're born and raised san diego. what's that you're born and raised san diego yeah yeah i grew up down in Oklahoma. Oh, man it's so rare because that's that's the exact same thing for me but it's so rare I think, you know, as a city so connected with that culture that even just the the peripheral vision of graphics that were being used um like around that time as when you were a kid, do you do you feel like that influenced you into wanting to make things? Was that at all an interest when you were making things like at, at a young age or were you just still just being like child like creative in terms of just making shit whenever you wanted to or whatever. 
that was the beginning of our new sort of war culture too right like the beginning of the 80s you know with reagan and then with like uh the stuff that went on in panama and then into the first gulf war like that's sort of like it felt like a new like a new pattern of warfare like a that was starting to form again i don't know at least it felt like that to me as as a child think it affects people today too i think the people who are most affected by the ideas of terrorism and sort of the the uh the fears that come along with like being afraid of being on a bus because it's going to get blown up by uh what's the word i'm looking for uh uh no i'm trying to say you know like uh i keep wanting to say like somebody who's obsessed with something and it kind of, again, I talked about this on the last podcast. Like, just because you're being recorded, all of a sudden words just disappear from the vocabulary <laughs> that you would, you would have them normally at any other time. What the fuck? Is, an extremist. <laughs> an extremist is what I was trying to say. So, like, I think the people who had concerns of, you know, nuclear warfare during the Cold War are the same people who have like a pre uh predetermined threat sort of idea like the that they they're once bitten twice shy already you know I was, that could be hard to deal with. 
I was looking through some of my sketches from when I was in like elementary school or, you know, right around the time of the first Gulf War. I may have been in like fifth grade, maybe. I, I don't know offhand now, but I, I found a, a drawing of Saddam Hussein uh, with a noose <laughs> around his neck and like his head like decapitated from his body, but the spine's still there, like um, like Mortal Kombat. Remember Mortal Kombat wow. when you like finish him at the end? Like the one dude would like decapitate the other guy with like an uppercut, like a drawing like that. And I thought, wow, like how influential is the news or like the people around me that would cause me as a child, you know, that didn't really like I and I had a certain level of skill already. So it, it like it was obvious what it was, you know, but what would cause me to have the thoughts to make that piece. Like, what is it around the society that does that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever there's an issue in the news, too, I feel like people run it into the ground, you know, like at least, in, especially nowadays, on all the media websites and also on, on television, and they speak it, about it in terms that are, like, kind of hard to comprehend when you're a child, you know, so you can really blow it up and you're fine to do something that it's not and you have your parents talking about it with their friends and then you listen to the news, you know what I mean? It's just go around and around and without asking questions or without being able to figure it out on your own because you're small, it's like, it can transform your own imagination into like something that it's not, you know? I stresses you out a lot. I know, well... You do you manage to sort of stay away from the social media stuff? Do you, do you intentionally avoid uh, some of those things? Uh, I, I I try to as much as I can. I mean, I have to pay attention to some of it. You know, I mean, and I don't mind paying attention to, to some of it. I like to know what's going on. I mean, having the internet available to like to look something up when you have questions is phenomenal to me. You know, but. Right. I try to stay away from just being on there to waste time or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Is that, is that a way, have you always been like that? Like, pretty, like, on schedule? Like, pretty disciplined? Um, disciplined? No. Not really. But I, um, or I'm not really on schedule either. I just, I think, I don't know, maybe it's because I watch so much TV as a kid, I don't, I've had enough of it or something. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But that's, I don't really know why. I just try to, I guess partly because kind of like what I was talking about earlier when stories are developing yeah, I feel like the story is going in a different direction because people don't really have the facts but they want the facts and they want you to, to stay on their website or their channel and so they just drill into the ground with ideas of or, or hypothesis of what could be happening but it's not really happening so then people get the wrong idea it's like I don't want to say it's like bad reporting, but it's just kind of silly, you know, and you can tell they're trying to get ratings, and yeah. I, I feel like if you wait till the end of the whole thing, you didn't get the full story of the facts. <laughs> That's an interesting thought, to like connect that, like the way newscasts do with, do that sort of thing, like in comparison to somebody's Facebook feed or their Twitter feed, like how <laughs> how misinformation can get passed on so quickly and so erratically that... Uh, right. That it almost becomes a truth for a second. Like, uh, Little Wayne, everybody said Little Wayne died, uh, I guess it was last week or the, the week before. And it was a big, like, social media, Facebook, Twitter 
thing. And I, I actually decided to follow, like, follow, like, read through what everybody was saying. And it was so interesting to see how, like, jokes would be repetitive. And these aren't people I'm following, like, just checking a hashtag or whatever. And, you know, like, the way people report and over, like, a particular timeline, you could see the sort of evolution of the telephone game happening, you know? Yeah. And it, it's so hard to keep shit straight. And then you... It, it, it's a... For me, it's a psychological... Like, psychologically interesting phenomenon. And I have to be... Like, I almost feel addicted to it now. But I, I'm the type of person with addictive personality. I wonder... Do you... Are you... Do you find yourself uh, having addictions to certain things? Like television? Or, like, is there certain things that, like, draw you in that do waste your time? Besides... Don't waste it. Don't tell me you do crack. Do you smoke crack? <laughs> no, I don't smoke okay, crack. Okay, good. I don't smoke crack either. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I guess... Uh, sometimes I feel like, you know, just painting and stuff is a waste of time, but... Painting is a waste of time? I try not to do that. Did did you start making graphics before you started doing painting? Were you do were you interested in graphic design? Oh, for sure. Yeah, like graphic design. Like as a kid, uh, you know, um, cartoons were huge. Like uh, you know, for me, um, Looney Tunes and Chuck Jones and stuff. You know, I mean, all that was amazing. Um, the wit and the the style of the the art and all that kind of stuff was a big deal. And, I feel like those cartoons and stuff that appealed to me kind of like, you know, were, were involved in skateboarding and stuff back then a lot, and like that style of art, too, and, and everything, but I don't know. Like, I, I'm not trying to draw too much of a connection from cartoons to skateboarding, but it was that time, you know, um, where cartoons were kind of like a, a big deal. So do you, I, you mentioned the wit, do you, do you try to incorporate that into your fine art, too? Like, is... Is sort of a comedic nature important for the stuff that you're making? Um, you know, if I was good at that stuff, I'd be really happy to be a little bit of putting in the art like that. Um, I, I think that like comedy and wit and all that kind of stuff is really great, and people that have it are amazing. So, you know, that that can do that kind of thing. It's just I um, uh, maybe I can fix that. I like it a lot. I like it a lot, but I don't know if I'm that successful at it. You know. <laughs> Well, I mean, I would say that there's certain imagery that shows up in your work, and, like, you have a tendency to sometimes use verbiage or, like, almost like one-liners that, to me, have a sort of comedic rhythm to them. Like, a, uh, maybe a sar- maybe sarcasm? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I do that. I, I do, like I said, I, I, do, I don't know if it comes across. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, I do you know... To- Coming from one sarcastic asshole to another, I'm I I pick it up. <laughs> no, I mean, and you know, you're sort of a reserved guy. Like, uh, I wouldn't if I if somebody asked me, I wouldn't peg you as a stand-up comedian. But I think a lot of the a lot of the ideas that it almost seems like sometimes. Uh, and I, I would say this is a, some, a sort of comedic attribute, too, is that sometimes the imagery can be uh, maybe violent or, like, downtrodden. Like, like there's some type of problem, 
but that some of the verbiage or maybe the the application of the imagery, you know, or some sort of accessory to the imagery has a bit of of uh, of funniness to it, a kind of like a well, that's the way it is sort of type of thing. Uh, and I, I'm wondering if if that is sort of a, a personal trait. Is that something like that you? you seek out or does that give you some sort of relief to let out like some of that sort of comedic aspect? Maybe you don't even think about it. Is it like just a total natural process too? Like, Yeah, I think it's probably, you know, a lot of my personality, but then I do, I, I like it when people just say what's on their mind, you know, like what they're really feeling. I feel like, uh, I mean, I don't know. It could be because I've been working for so long, like in an office or, you know, with, people, but it, I, I feel like people are kind of like, they don't, they don't always do it on their mind because they want to have, they want to project this uh, idea that they're this or that, like they're really happy or they're really, you know, awesome, awesome person to hang out with or something, you know, but, <laughs> um, which is rad, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, that, that's great, I don't want to be around someone who's like negative all the time or something, but I also like when people just randomly just blurt out like, what they're really thinking, you know, and that there's, there's, there's like a, uh, there's a truth to it, and it's nice to see a glimpse of what's really on someone's mind, you know? Yeah, it could be refreshing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know where you stand with them, you know, like, what they're thinking, is what you learn more about them, this, you know, defensive, protective front that they have up of being funny guy all the time, and all of a sudden, not there, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's cool, it's, Yeah, and as you say that, it's interesting because I think typically people's minds go to somebody being negative, like somebody being a dick to somebody is really like their true nature, but it doesn't really have to be like that. Like, it could be like expressing an opinion that may be different than the rest of society's opinion and being comfortable with saying that, like not necessarily hurting somebody else to, as opposed to like if we said like people who were maybe being fake by not saying what's on their mind you know sometimes people do that to protect somebody else's feelings or to sort of a a level of politeness right but like the opposite end of the spectrum we automatically think oh it's just something negative like oh i'm keeping it real but really you might just be being a dick but you can keep it real you know it's like today that a lot of people are, are uh i guess the senate is talking about gay marriage again um like, it's so crazy that right-wing Christians can dictate uh, law, but it's crazy that we're even having the conversation in this day and age at, at this time, you know? I'm trying to say yeah, it in the hot seat. Let's talk about gay marriage. <laughs> La- <laughs> My last podcast, I had Casey Weldon on, and we talked about um, there's a transgendered woman, previous male, who's fighting MMA. And uh, but oh. fighting against women, so I, I made him weigh in on that topic. I, I think it, it made him feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but I'm just trying to keep it real, Ben Horton. You know what I mean? No, no, I understand. I understand it. <laughs> it, make, it, it you know, it, it blurs the lines of things. I mean, I think people define their their idea of themselves and where they stand in the world with those kind of not laws, but not not even rules, but just. 
things happen that blur those lines that I think it's real uneasy, not even because you disagree with them, but because you have to reassess everything about that issue or a lot of issues. You know, you have to reassess everything that you thought this whole time. Yeah. Things like that happen, and I think that's hard. And especially when you a brand new a brand new idea to a certain extent at least in terms of the fighting situation like when you have no frame of reference right so um you're coming up you have a show that you're doing in, uh April April 5th uh I had the internet up when's yeah, the show from? you're doing a show in Oceanside mm-hmm. it's in nine days whatever the math adds up to nine days from today which will be different for anybody for whenever they listen to this. I'm pretty sure it's April 5th. Um, but so the show's at the... It's called a country club, but it's not really a country club, right? The Hill um, Street no, Country it, Club. It, the Hill Street Country Club is the, are the people that are putting it on, and they're just a new organization um, in Oceanside. And they, uh, they're putting on the show at Link's Soul Gallery. And so... What I we we should talk about some of the imagery that you work on, like so for for the people that don't know, I guess I would say you do half portrait. I would say you're you're a figurative artist. Is that is that fair? Like I draw people. Yeah, and figure. I, I you know, whenever somebody draws portraits, I I I see everything else that they do as also portraits. So like you work on a lot of uh, you do a lot of animal figures and even if like I've, I've painted I'm a figurative artist too and I do a lot of portraits I've painted houses and I still kind of think of them as portraits do you, do you oh, ever okay, have yeah. that case? yeah I can see that okay, everything's just a portrait <laughs> not just but everything is on some level but um so so how how is some of this this imagery working for you like what's what's some of your processes to to making things. I'm sure first of all would would you say that it's just fun? Uh yeah. I mean sometimes I wonder how fun it is because it feels more painstaking than fun, but I don't know why that is. I think it's because I'm trying I got an idea. I think it's the I actually I, I do know why. I think it's the thing that a lot of artists complain about, which is you have an idea of what you want to do in your mind and then like trying to get that process onto you know, your paper or canvas or whatever is the, is the painstaking part, you know? And it seems like for various reasons, whether you just can't focus or you just don't have the abilities or it changes as you work on it, it's really hard to get that image that you have in your mind onto the paper, you know? And yeah. so I think that, that, that process can be really cool, but can be really tough at the same time. Isn't that the challenge, though? Like, if it was, if that part was easy, like, it may not have as big a reward once you're finished. Yeah, yeah. I also like when it comes out better than you thought, which doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, it's pretty, pretty, pretty nice. <laughs> I hope to one day have that feeling. <laughs> so, no, I tell you, exactly. Like, that's, I've, I've totally been, I'm so sick of the figure that I've been doing these sort of, abstractions of this abstract idea that I've been working on like this sort of destruction theme I'm just sort of making like brush strokes that are representative of like 
debris piles of like wood, like the the aftermath of a flood or you know something along those lines. That it's just, I'm so irritated with the not even irritated, just I feel like almost like I've said everything with the figure that it's hard for me to keep doing it over and over. Um, and so I've just been doing these these weird abstractions, but at the same time, I'm still like I want to draw a face. Like there's something just goddamn rewarding and fun about about making a figure, and I I, I I've always I always think about why, and I don't I don't know. Um, I would guess because when you draw an inanimate object like a trash can or a piece of wood or something, it doesn't it just is what it is, you know. But you could draw a face and or an animal or something, and it has a whole personality, it has a whole life, and it's like. Uh, you can manipulate it, you know, like you can change small little features about the mouth or the eye or something and all of a sudden the person's irritated or they're sleepy or they're on crack, you know? Yeah. Cool. Do you Do you find, after drawing so many faces in your life, that the jet's flying over? Goddamn jets. Oh, yeah, drone just flew over it. I think I lost you. Oh, Jesus. They're listening in. I, I'm wondering if, after drawing so many so many faces throughout your career, uh, do you find that you're able to pick up body language a little differently in public, like in real life? Do you ever notice like facial expressions differently than maybe a, the average observer would notice? You know, I, I I used to think that I noticed stuff differently or. or better or whatever you want to call it, but I don't, man. Like, I can't pick up on that crap at all. I, I, I have no idea what people are thinking. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, it's just, it's, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I mean, obvious ones, you know, someone's smiling, obviously they must be happy, but yeah. I'm not very good at, like, putting together interrogation. Um, Interesting. FBI agent or anything, you know? Do, uh, what's the, what's the connection with the smoking apes? smoking monkeys we that's a real thing what's that oh not monkeys i keep saying i keep i keep calling uh apes monkeys and monkeys apes oh yeah well i mean they're similar um bonobos trade food and shit for sex you know about that yeah bonobos are wild 
and we're really close. We're really close in uh, in our DNA structure. Like I think I want to say that a bonobo is closer to us DNA wise than it is to a gorilla. You know? Or yeah, I mean it used to be chimp, but yeah, not 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 that anymore. You're right. Um, and it's interesting, like they. The bonobo community, I was just listening to a guy talk about it yesterday. Uh, The use of sex in their society has caused a lack of violence. So there was a sort of a split off between the chimpanzees in the in the Congo and the the bonobos that were, I guess, a little further south or further north, just outside of a particular area that got divided by a river or something along their evolutionary yeah, scale. Right. And the the monk the the chimps that ended up turning into bonobos actually were able to avoid what we see in chimpanzee world where they're fucking brutal like it's a a male dominated like a, a, a alpha male dominated culture where you know you kill to protect your your greed but it seems like in this bonobo community everybody fucks everybody and <laughs> and it's like a world of peace it's fucking it's very strange there's a the the one he was telling a story about uh this tribe that was that would hunt monkeys in in the congo somewhere and what they would do is they would put a box with a mango in it that had a hole in the side that was just wide enough for the monkey to get its hand in there, but it couldn't pull the the mango out. And what they found was that the monkey was so obsessed with getting the mango that he wouldn't let it go. So he would just sit there for hours holding on to the mango, like trying to get it out, even though he couldn't, and would keep his hand in there. And then the tribe would come up and shoot it and eat it later. Right, even when the tribe comes up to, to kill him, he knows that they're danger, but he starts panicking, and all he does is try to get the mango out faster. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. And it shows this yeah. weird division between greed and non-greed amongst two very similar, you know, species. And we're yeah. not that far off. I'm not promoting everybody go fuck everybody. That might not be the best idea. But we have prostitution, and the bonobos use prostitution too. Sex for bananas or whatever they're they're interested in. I think I yeah I think that's absolutely right. When um, so at what point did did the use of of doing art shows? I mean, are 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 art shows important for you at this at this time point? I mean, you do a few every year is that um you know I, I haven't done a, a solo show like this in a long time maybe four or five years I try to do I, I, I'm involved in a group show here and there you know mm-hmm. every year but that's about it um I really like I mean I like art shows but I don't really like having my art in a show it, it's not something I would prefer to do you know if I could just Make art and you know live that way. It'd be without having art shows out of it. That'd be really cool. But I mean, you know, it's one of the things you gotta do sometimes, and it's not horrible or anything. It's just not something that I don't, I don't prefer. 
Yeah. Are, are you saying, like, it would be more preferable to be able to just make stuff and sell it directly to whoever was interested in buying it? Like, is that... Or are you not even... Are you... Do you not prefer the actual sales aspect of making things? Oh, no. I, that'd be a threat. If somebody wants to buy something, that's, like, that's, that's amazing to me. I think that's really cool, and it's, I really appreciate it. Um, sure. I, I, don't, I don't mind that at all. I, right. It's just the, uh, the, yeah, the art show side of it. Just showing it is, is it's a little stressful or whatever. Yeah. So what what is... I, I'm... You do graphics still, right? I mean, you do. I know you've done a ton of stuff for Ruka, um, and you you run a skateboard company too. Yeah. What? Yeah, uh, I still do skateboard graphics and stuff too. Is that sort of is that a more pleasurable way to to make a living for you? Is that the sort of idea? What you mean? Like you could make something, and it gets presented in a different way besides white walls and lights and wine and. You know, that whole scene? Yeah, I mean, skateboarding is awesome. You know, it's still pretty... There's not that many, very many other, like, products being made that are like skateboards, you know what I mean? I mean, you skate them, obviously, that skateboarding's red, but then also that you get, you know, there's a wide variety of graphics and all stuff that people can come up with. You can put anything on a skateboard, and, you know, I think that's really cool. I mean, um... some correlation right to the sort of graphics that you make and the way you make art there's some some layering patterns that you would that are i guess uh accessible for both design and fine art is that accidental or just you know it's it is what it is um yeah i mean i I tend to do with my stuff i like to do a lot of you heard 
is is like learning natural history and applying it to your graphic work is that do you find you sort of it you help your memory i've I've brought this up to other people before where you know like within all the layers that you're working you're kind of giving yourself a a sort of natural history lesson in that you're you're searching these particular species out you're trying to learn about them uh do you find it it builds your muscle memory you know in or you the muscle of your brain you know do you do you gain from that like i know that for me like if i just write something down in like with a little sketch or something like that idea will stick with me for a long time whereas it might just disappear uh, otherwise um i'd like to think it does i don't i don't know though i mean like i forget but i i, I would like to be able to remember most things but i think it mostly comes from um uh, just being really interested in history and I think there's a lot to be, you know, a lot to learn from history and where, how to do things now and how to do things in the future. And, you know, I, 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 um, I kind of obsess on it. I'm doing that. Actually, I'm doing a painting right now about gray wolves in, um, in, uh, Yellowstone area, you know, in Idaho and, and Montana and in Wyoming. Uh-huh. And I think that's a pretty good example of, there's a separation from nature right and sometimes i think that comes from an ego thing like a a feeling of being better than or different than but that and that's why you know bringing up the bonobos and shit we're literally the same thing with just different social behaviors and yeah i even you know i did a show um in san francisco some probably like four six years ago five years ago something and it was called Humans Nature. And it was the idea that even like synthetic things that we create, like plastic and or glass or, you know, whatever we create is still a part of this natural world. Now, uh, just like a bacteria is natural or a virus is natural, it doesn't mean it's harmful or or helpful. Like, you know, some could look at us as being harmful and then sort of try to make a disassociation from nature for some reason like and then i think the whole god thing changes a lot of it too for for a lot of people 
like that creates yeah. a separation from nature as if like we're somehow more connected to this god figure and the god figure made all the other shit so we're kind of like it's almost like we're supposed to be a, a hierarchy which I mean I guess somebody could argue but I mean oh no we lost Ben let's try to call him again sorry folks Sorry, I lost you. There was probably that drone flying over there, like, oh no, they're giving away the god secret. Let's yeah, yeah, here it goes. Sends Let's like go. an electromagnetic electromagnetic wave to your phone. Shut it down. <laughs> well, um, let's uh let's plug your show again so everybody I, I got the internet up now, so everybody knows they can uh they that are in San Diego. The show is in Oceanside. Uh, on yeah. April 5th from 6 to 9 and I'm sure there is an address here go to the hillstreetcountryclub.org and there's all the info there's even a countdown to the event 9 days and 22 hours and 11 minutes and 3 seconds so you better get to work son yeah don't talk about it <laughs> <laughs> no. no I'm going to come out and I'm going to I'm going to make an ass of myself just so you feel a little bit better. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, Ben, I want to thank you for for taking the time to uh, shoot the shit with me. What's your uh, What's your website that we can get people to go to? Also, um, it's benwhartonart.com. Beautiful. And, yeah, it's not, I mean, I don't update it that much, so it's not really. That's the kind of spot where I put stuff that I've done. Sucks updating websites, huh? Why don't you get on Instagram? What's that? Are you on Instagram? No, no, no. Why don't you get on the Instagram? You can just show us pictures of new stuff that you're making. Can we make a pact right now that you'll open an Instagram? I don't think I, I don't think I can do it, Mike. Come on, bud. You don't even. No, it's no. not even uh, news. Like you don't even have to do the Facebook, Twitter. We want to see imagery, Ben. I think you have a fan page on the Facebook because I, I know I'd link to it through mine. Uh, really? Um, I don't. You don't Wait, mean that? You mean, oh, you mean like a page where somebody else made something? It's like a like well, page. I don't have a Facebook page. I don't think. No, it's like a, one of the like pages, like a like an artist page, not like a main like personal page. Oh, right on. So that's okay. out there. But let's get we'll get people to go over to the hillstreetcountryclub.org. What's the So that's not actually the gallery name though. That's just No, the, that Yeah, they're, they're putting on the show and it's actually at the gallery called Linksville and that's again on uh, the Coast Highway or whatever in Ocean Bud. That's where the show's at. Let's get um, I think it's on that website you talked about. Oh, you got it. And there's all that's on there. Okay, I'll put it on the blog when I post this up too, and uh, I'll post it on the Live Free Podcast Facebook because I can't find it. And if uh, you got any new stuff coming out with Ruka? Um, not right now. No. Actually, I was gonna ask you: Do you have any shows coming up? Um, I got a solo show that I'm doing in November. 
And then I just have uh, some group shows coming up. That I'm, I got a, a thing in Portland next month. Pretty big group show. All right, on. Yeah, I'm trying to. Are you gonna go up there for? I don't think so. It's I. I was up there for the last uh, show I did in Portland. So I don't have the money for plane tickets. People start flying me out. If anyone wants to fly me out to places, I'm I'm down for that shit whenever. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. That drive is fantastic. You have time, obviously, but it's probably just as expensive as a flight now. Yeah, I I can't sit in the car for that long either. I go fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Well, um, I'll let you go. I know you're a super busy dude, and you got to get back to your. Uh, your penmanship, your brushmanship. All right, uh, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah, Ben, and uh, good luck with the show. And uh, let's be in touch soon. Let's. We only live like twenty minutes from one another. We should hang out sometime. That's crazy. You live in. You live out here, right? And we're in La Mesa. Uh, I used to live in El Cajon, but I live more center city now. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. But cool. I'm in the hood. Not like the hood, hood like boys in the hood, but I'm I'm in the neighborhood. Oh, you're in the neighborhood. Yeah, so I'm around. That's cool. So let's get together. We'll do something. Too. All right, brother. Be good. I said let's. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Later. Get on.